Revolution Show brought to you by SaaS Doc 2017, the conference to turn your SaaS up to 11. If you're in SaaS, there's only one place to be this year, and that's SaaS Doc 2017, the only European SaaS conference bringing together 1,500 SaaS founders, executives, and investors from 40 plus countries to Dublin for three days in September from the 18th to the 20th to learn, network, and build important partnerships and friendships. Listeners to the SaaS Revolution show can get a 20% discount on tickets with the discount code SAS Revolution. Now on with the show. In this episode of the SaaS Revolution show, Alex Thuma is joined by Topi Awatona, CEO and founder of Calendly, who discusses the early days and lessons from positioning that have helped Calendly scale to a multi-million revenue, 50-plus person SaaS company. You can find a short write-up of my conversation with Topi, including all names and links on sasbot.com forward slash blog. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show. I'm your host, Alex Zuma, and uh, I'm super excited to be uh, joined today by Topi uh, Awatona, CEO and founder of Calendly. Uh, welcome, Topi. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, it's a, it, it's a pleasure. And uh, am I speaking to you t- uh, today? Are you in Atlanta? Is, is that right? I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. It's a little overcast today, but usually it's hot and sunny. Okay, very cool, very cool. Um, so, um, yeah, as I say, it's, it's great to have you on the podcast, uh, uh, Toby, and, and, and we always, um, you know, like to get a bit of background about our, our guests, you know, so first of all. So tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, uh, who is Toby uh, Awatona and how did you end up, you know, uh, being the CEO and founder of Calendly? Sure. So uh, I'm, the, I'm the founder of Calendly, and Calendly is the fastest growing scheduling automation with uh, over a million monthly users. Uh, what we do is we provide simple elegant scheduling software that allows business professionals uh, to easily connect with people that matter with, uh, with to easily schedule meetings across organizations with those that matter the most to them. So those are customers or prospects or partners or candidates and so on. Uh, so our users just trade in seven emails to find a time. What they're able to do is they're able to share a scheduling link and reduce back and forth of that scheduling. Um, our customers range from, you know, small, from individuals so, you know, to SMB businesses, small and medium-sized businesses, to large enterprises like Zillow, Marketo, Shopify, Uber, and Zendesk. So that's what Calendly does, and uh, that's, uh, um, that's, yeah, so that's a little bit about Calendly. My story is I've always been, uh, since I was a, a teenager, I've been obsessed with uh, software. I remember when Windows 95 came out and I saw these people literally breaking their necks to buy Windows 95. It got me obsessed with software. And I, in my very, uh, in my very simple uh, reasoning at the time, I, I could see where um, I guess I saw where the, the where the world was becoming more dependent on software, and I knew that's where I wanted to be. Uh, so that's how long I've been kind of thinking about this uh, this uh, this larger space and the larger trend of software. Um, <clears throat> I started my professional career um, as um, in, in enterprise software sales. I worked for large software companies like IBM and EMC. I also worked for some very successful startup companies. Uh, and that's where I got, I, I, I fell in love with uh, the process of kind of creating something from scratch and taking it to the world and uh, learning a lot from them and creating value from them. So that's my background. Awesome. So I think we, we, we share a similar background in um, uh, that both have been in uh, enterprise sales um, you know, for, uh, uh, for some time, but, uh, you, you've gone on to create, uh, you know, beautiful software and, uh, I've gone on to create, uh, I, I say beautiful, uh, software conferences, but, um, uh, you know, in, interesting paths. And, uh, so you, so you, you as a, um, uh, as, as a CEO and founder of Calendly, um, would it, would it be correct to say that you're, uh, you, you know, a non-technical founder that you've come up with the idea, but, 
um, you know, have you come together with, uh, you, you know, a CTO or somebody to, to help build the product? That is true. So although I would, I would, um, I would say I'm a non-technical founder, but I'm as not as uh, technical as a non-technical founder gets. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I say that is actually I, in college, I started off as a computer science major and I spent half of my college, uh, half of my time in college as a computer science major. So, um, many, many years I started as a programmer, but eventually I moved over to the business side. But I think that background, um, is what's really allowed me to be, um, uh, successful with Calendly. So it's good to know, it's good to have a good business sense about what, what people want and why it matters and exactly how you want to take it to the world. But it's also good to understand how practical the ideas are and how do you really scale down the ideas so that they're practical, but also dream big enough about things that may not exist today. And, and was it through your own, you know, experiences as a, an enterprise sales uh, you know, executive, uh, the, the pains of scheduling uh, meetings. Is, is that how you came up with the idea of Calendly? That's correct. So um, when I had the idea for Calendly, I, I was not looking to create a product. I was not looking to start a company. I'd actually started a few hobbies uh, a number of many, many years back, and they were not crazy successful. And I, I and I'd kind of been burned by business. I knew that I always wanted, I still wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I did not know what I wanted to work on next. So I just went about my uh, continued enterprise software. And there was a day in which I actually forget exactly who I was trying to schedule a meeting with, but it was one of my large customers, um, you know, big multi-billion dollar company. And <clears throat> they had a number of people. I was trying to arrange a meeting with what was about, let's call it 20 to 30 people across three different companies. And it was just so painful to get this meeting started. I needed to find a time that would uh, work for all these people. So I decided that I was going to, do a search to see if there was something that we would, there, there'd be a simple way for um, all these people to find a time that worked for, uh, for all of them. And in doing that research, what I found was I found a lot of scheduling tools. I found that, you know, a lot of them were built for, built for health and beauty businesses. Some were, some were old, some were clunky, some were really siloed. They didn't really work with all the tools that a business professional would want. Some of them didn't, didn't even integrate with, uh, um, you know, calendars, right? So a lot of them, you had to move all your availability over there. It was just really difficult to get started. Um, so I saw the more I researched, the more you know, I was just shopping for a simple tool, like what Calendly is now today, uh, the more I realized there was a big opportunity, to, uh, opportunity and it did not seem like anybody was attacking it with any kind of urgency. And that, that just made me obsessed with the space. So yeah, it initially started as a, uh, as a way to solve a personal need, but then I saw a larger opportunity and I became obsessed with it to the point where I um, uh, wanted to uh, be a part of uh, building something better. Awesome. And, and you guys have, you've, you've, or Calendly, you know, it, it's grown pretty quickly. You mentioned 1 million monthly, I think, active users, if, if, if that's right. And uh, um, uh, how many people are, uh, are you at Calendly, uh, you know, at the moment? How, how big's the team? Yeah, the team's uh, 53 and growing, actually. Okay. Okay, very, very, very cool. And um, and and when when was Inception? How many years ago? It was late 2013. Is when we launched the you know the MVP of the product. Mm -hmm. And um, you know on its you know uh, it just started growing, right? So people would um, through new advertisement, people would find out find out about it, right? So it was, we actually launched it in a very uh, in a very stealthy mode initially. And what would happen was people would use the product. And when they invited people to schedule with them, those people would in turn fall in love with it. And very early on, we saw this uh, this seeds of virality, and the business mm -hmm. really taken off till 
uh, between now and then. And in a lot of ways, our business still continues. That's exactly three years, uh, you know, almost four years later on. That's still how the business uh, grows, primarily through uh, the product and people falling in love with the value it creates for them. And while they do not need to create accounts, they turn around and create accounts uh, because they love the, the experience. Awesome. So it, it was very early on that you really knew that you, you, you had a business and, uh, uh, and this was taking off, um, you know, was it, you, you know, within the first few months? Yeah. So I would say within the first few months, it was obvious that we were creating value. So there's no doubt about that. Very early on, it, it, was, it was very obvious, let's call it three months in that we were creating value. Um, but the product at the time, uh, when we launched Calendar, the product was 100% free, right? So within, let's call it month nine, we introduced a, a paid plan and we actually restructured our pricing. So that was a scary moment in which we thought that um, we thought that a lot of people would leave. Now, and some people did complain when we made changes to the pricing plan. But what, what ended up happening is two things happened is that instead of scaring a lot of people off, it actually helped us to, people actually took us more seriously, right? And a lot of people were very happy to be here for the product. Um, and it also really helped us to figure out who our ideal users were, right? Mm-hmm. In the early days, we got a lot of, until now, we still get a lot of, uh, you know, strong, um, a lot of strong feedback from our user community about what they'd like to see in the product. But once we kind of introduced a paid plan, we saw who actually paid for the product and what, what features were nice uh, to have features for people versus which ones were critical. Uh, so when we introduced the, the, the paywalls, when we actually began to figure out who our ideal customers were and um, are, and it continues to evolve till today, but it's really helped us really prioritize kind of where we want to go as a business. Okay, very cool. So you, you've led quite nicely into, um, you know, what we wanted to discuss today about sort of positioning. So, you, you know, in, introducing, as, as you said, this, this uh, paid tier pricing, you know, about nine months in, help you identify your target customer um, uh, as they, you know, started to pay for the products and, um, <clears throat> you know, gave you, I guess, kind of information, what features they, they found important. Can you give us a, a bit of... Um, uh, an overview of you know who this target customer uh, was, and then what you did you, you know once you you found your uh, ideal target customer. Yeah, so I can I can talk about that a little bit more, and maybe just kind of give a little more context around some of the things we looked at. To so obviously upgrades in revenue was an important kind of data point we looked at to identify those people. What we also looked at is the number of meetings they were scheduling. We looked at. Um, you know, multiple users in the same domain, right? So uh, we looked at what what types of companies do not would do, or what types of people, what types of functions uh, do people use commonly, and also not only do they use it themselves, but also invite other team members to join them and use the product, right? So that told us a lot about not only where could you, what, what can we get revenue, but what can we get lots of revenue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those are some of the things we looked at, and. So then the kind of the, the follow-up question to, to that is, what is our, what's our ideal customer look like? What's our ideal use case? Um, the ideal customers for us are people in customer-facing roles, right? So the product is very versatile. It does a lot of different things, and a lot of people use it in a lot of different ways. Some people use it to improve their renewals, right? The renewal rates for customer success people, right? Some people use it to attract candidates. Some people use it. The primary benefit for them is the time savings, right? Um, but what we found is that the primary you know, our strongest uh, use cases are for those people in customer-facing roles, right? So these are salespeople. These are customer success people. Mm -hmm. These are um, 
recruiters, these are advisors, these are freelancers, they're consultants, they're entrepreneurs like me, right? So at Calum, I don't have an assistant, so, right? So I meet with a lot of vendors and partners and candidates and um, I network with people and Calumny is the way that, uh, Calumny is my assistant that helps me get um, all those meetings scheduled, right? So but those are the primary, uh, that's kind of where we, um, we win the most is with people in customer-facing roles and customer-facing teams. So uh, typically we'll start with, off with maybe one individual sales rep within the company uses it and then they'll fall in love with it and it'll create a lot of value for them and it begins to spread virally within the organization to other sales team members. And then what they find is that because we have a, uh, you know, from a product standpoint, we've really thought about, okay, we, we're seeing people use it in teams. How can we double down on that and make it even more valuable for teams? We've built some features that make Calumny even more powerful for you as you bring more team members on board, right? So from a product standpoint, we also um, we also placed a lot of emphasis on that. We did a lot of product work to prioritize those things that make Calumny even more valuable for people as they invite their team members to join. So, so you have this, um, uh, you know, virality within the, the, the product, which is, you know, it, it's really helping you grow. And I guess kind of, you know, the, the, the major uh, acquisition channel uh, for you is the referrals. People get invited by Calendly. They see this tool, you, you know, uh, they get intrigued by it. They want to use it. Um, you know, to, have you had to think then much once you've got this target customer, um, you know, profile uh, about the messaging you know, off Calendly as a company and, and as a product to specifically the sales teams and the customer success teams and, um, you, you know, the, the other target customers? Is, is there specific messaging that you have, you know, when marketing to uh, uh, the, the specific uh, customer groups? Yeah. So I think that one of the things we've learned about our messaging, uh, which is actually one of the trickiest things for Calendly. So the biggest benefit of our, the biggest lesson our business has is that it is, a lot of different people can use it. A lot of different people do use it, but they use it in, in many different ways and their, their motivations are different depending on really what their job is, right? So you take somebody like me, um, a CEO, like I don't really want to meet with, you know, it's not my goal to make it easy for people to meet with me, <laughs> right? So if you told me that, hey, Calendly can help you get more meetings, you're going to turn somebody like me off. Meanwhile, there are a lot of people like me who use Calendly, right? Whereas for a salesperson, right? So if you're an inside sales, you're an SDR, you're an account executive, you want to meet with as many qualified people, uh, customers as you can. So what we found out about our messaging is that it really needs to be tailored by by job function and the job to be done, right? So um, in, in the uh, in the for what we do is we save time for all the different people that use Calendly. That is very true. Uh, but beyond that, uh, the you know, for some people, they want to meet with more people. Some people, they want to meet with, with less people and make it easier for them to meet. So the biggest thing we found out of our mess, about our messaging is that um, it really needs to evolve and it needs to be, um, you know, kind of targeted towards the, the job function and the job that, uh, that our users are performing. So uh, and with, with your target customer profiles, I mean, as you said, actually, there, there are, I guess, many different people using Calendly. Um, for many different use functions, um, how does that uh, influence the the product decisions that you make? Um, you know, for uh, for the product, do do these different target um, uh, you know customers have uh, different features uh, that that you build with, within? Absolutely, right. So, so kind of going back to the diff- let's use the exa- the difference between a, a salesperson, for example, and maybe a freelancer. Mm-hmm. So. 
one of the things we're, you know, we're building right now, and this may be revealing too much about our product roadmap, <laughs> is, uh, you know, is payment integration, right? So if I'm a freelancer and I charge for my time, I'm a, I'm a consultant, I, maybe I consult people on how to improve their marketing, right? What those people do is not only do they uh, want their, product, their, uh, sorry, their clients to book time with them, they also want those clients to pay for the time, right? So typically they charge um, hourly or some, you know, based on time, right? So it's really time and material. So for that person, payment integration is important. When you, when you as a client get a scheduled time with me, I also want you to pay for that session because I know that um, it increases your commitment and also make sure that it, it ensures that I am only meeting with people who are going to pay for me, pay for my time upfront, right? Whereas a salesperson does not want that barrier added to their meeting, right? That salesperson does does care about how does this does this integrate with Salesforce, for example, because I spend you know seventy percent of my day in Salesforce. So two very different examples there uh, of you know the the functions that they care about and the different feature sets that they care about. From a product standpoint, the way Calendly has handled that is we really have um, it, we've organized our product teams by by job functions essentially, right? So we have product man- we have product managers within Calendly whose sole focus is to make sure is to make Calendly uh, the best scheduling tool for freelancers and consultants, right? We then have product managers who are singularly focused on how do we make Calendly better, best for sales teams. We have product managers that, you know, all they think about is how do we make Calendly best for recruiting teams, right? So from a product standpoint, that's the way we've handled it. We want to be this horizontal scheduling tool that uh, works in a lot of different ways and it's flexible and can help a lot, help lots of different people. But then we want to be able to go deeper for salespeople and recruiters and freelancers and consultants and people in the health and beauty space, for example. That's that's our um, that's the way we're set up uh, within the company. Awesome. And, and so you've been a, a, a CEO of a SaaS company now for, you know, circa four and a half years, you know, growing this business to, you know, 53 people, a uh, million monthly users. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the, uh, the ARR is, uh, is a good, healthy number. Um, what one piece of advice, you, you know, could you give to other, uh, let's say, early stage SaaS, you know, founders that, that are listening? Something that you've learned, you know, over, over the last kind of, you know, four and a half years of running Calendar. Yeah, so I think, oh man, there's so, there are so many different things that I could uh, share with uh, people, but I wish I could share, but I think the one the one biggest thing that I think I realized, I, and I think this is what makes business difficult, is, uh, is that it's not one thing that makes a company successful, right? There's, you have to do 30 very disparate things very well, right? But the reality is, you know, it's impossible to do 30 things well on day one. Um, but I guess I guess what I think Calendly did well, and some of it was luck, some of it was deliberate, and we want to continue to, you know, improve on this. It's just really understanding, and then initially, what is uh, what is that thing? One big thing you have to get right, or two, three things you need to get right to buy yourself time to eventually figure out those those twenty, thirty, five hundred million other things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the way. That's the advice I would uh, um, I would give to other entrepreneurs is think about those three things in which if you sucked at everything else, but you did, if you get these three things right, everything else you. Uh, you buy your you buy yourself time to figure out everything else. But Calendly, I, what Calendly got right in the in the early days was um, that it was the best free product, and it had the best uh, modern interface, and it also had the best uh, well one one of the better acquisition models, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and and, there, and and also you know 
really good customer success, right? At the time, it was just me and a few other people. But you know, I took I took the feedback from our users that very you know, it still remains very important to me and I took it very importantly. And actually in those days, I also did not, you know, a lot of people tell you when you build your company, automate all these different things. I actually did not automate a lot of the, the customer feedback process. And what that allowed me to do is actually get, not only understand why people wanted features, but what, what was the, what was the bigger problem they were trying to solve and just really understanding the context around why they were looking to solve it. And that gave me a lot of a very thorough understanding of the, uh, the problems we're solving and why it matters to people and what needed to be solved, what did not need to be solved, or what could be solved uh, uh, by by them using other products, right? Um, like, you know, so um, I guess, you know, the most, um, I guess if I could, you know, kind of nail it back to one, one thing, it's just really understanding who you're building for and why what you're doing is important to them. Um, and I think everything else kind of uh, goes from there. Awesome, awesome. And and now you're speaking at SASDOC 2017. You're coming over to Dublin in uh, uh, September, um, the 18th to the 20th, and uh, so sort of super excited about that. Um, uh, well, what's your what's your talk going to be about? Um, you know why uh, why should the uh, the attendees come over and, uh, and and what's your keynote? Yeah. So in the um, one, um, what I'm going to be talking about is the. Um, you know, the success we've had with this hybrid business model mm-hmm. is um, kind of a bottom-up, a bottoms-up uh, user acquisition model. So how do you acquire individual users within companies like like, um, like Zendesk, for example, which is a Calendly customer, and then use that momentum you have at the bottom uh, with individual users to then um, uh, to, to turn that into um, a larger footprint within Zendesk, right? So that's exactly what Calendly's been able to do. Initially, we had just a few individual users in Zendesk, and now it's something that they now purchase um, at the at the departmental level, and they're paying for hundreds of users, right? Um, it's a very, um, I don't want to say it's a unique business model, but we think it's, uh, it's one that's worked really well for Calendly. And our business model is fundamentally one that, um, that believes that the networks of our users are much larger than ours and we should leverage their networks. And I think that's what Calendly has gotten right. And we want to talk about, and what I'd like to talk about during that uh, as SaaS talk is what we, uh, um, how that's worked for us, what we figured out and um, what, we've, uh, what we stumbled on uh, through luck and what we are also looking to figure out and uh, moving forward. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to catching that one. And uh, and, and where, where can people follow you, find you uh, online, Topi? Uh, and uh, and where can they get Calendly as well if they uh, haven't had a, an invite already from somebody else that's using it? Yeah, if they haven't had Calendly, um, if they haven't gotten a Calendly invite, we would uh, we would love for them to visit Calendly.com. It's C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y.com. And uh, what we can promise is that we'll help them send fewer emails so they can get back to living their lives and doing awesome things. Uh, so, uh, that's where they can find uh, Calendly. And I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'd love to connect with uh, our users, love to connect with other um, SaaS entrepreneurs and other uh, people who are passionate about building great products. Awesome, awesome. Well, you've been a, a great guest uh, today. Um, really appreciate you taking the time. It's been a super interesting conversation. Um, you know, looking forward to um, uh, seeing you in, uh, in Dublin in September. Awesome, same here. Awesome. Don't forget, listeners to the SaaS Revolution Show can get a 20% discount on tickets to the SaaS Talk 2017 conference with discount code SaaS Revolution.